We hope all of you mothers had a wonderful day and experienced love and joy from those who you worked so hard to pour into. In this sermon, we will look at the biblical description of motherhood and how God uses that to grow his kingdom. We hope you enjoy. Amen. I I agree with that. And I know today is a wonderful day for so many, and it's also a hard day. And uh, we're grateful for the moms that are here, the moms that aren't able to be here uh, because of location, and then our moms that have gone to to be with the Lord. Uh, We say from West Valley Christian Church, happy Mother's Day. Let's give our moms a hand. And uh, for those of you online watching, happy Mother's Day to you. And I hope that your feet are up and that you're being served breakfast at this moment right now. So uh, it was at the beginning of the year that I introduced our theme for the year. Please, please humor me and just shout out loud what our theme for the year is. Okay, that was cute. I think I used the word shout with enthusiasm. Um, What is our theme for the year? B. All right. And so I said this. I said, how are we going to respond with 2020 with all the voices that were telling us how to act? how to think, how to speak, and how to live. How are we going to respond to that? And I said, as a church, I challenged us that, that this would the, be the year of be. And I, I simply said this, this would be the year that we're going to be who God calls us to be, not what all those other voices are telling us what to be. Amen? And I shared with you a verse, and I want to remind you of this. I know many of you have memorized this, but I remind you of 1 Corinthians 16, 13, which is our theme verse for this year. It simply says this, be on your guard, stand firm in your faith, be courageous, be strong, and do everything in what? Do everything in love. Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, do everything in love. And I was as bold as to say this, if we could just focus just on that one verse for 2021, we would be better people. So I want to continue to remind you, as we just came out of a series, talking about our attitudes and an attitude adjustment, seeing how God has called us to be, not how the world has called us to be. Amen? So, so with all that said, we're, we're doing a sermon today, we, like me and the mouse in my pocket, but... Um, we are having a sermon today called Be a Godly Woman. And I, I already know you men are like, whew, I'll just start looking at my phone and catch up on some sports scores or seeing what I'm going to do for lunch. Or thank you, Pastor, for reminding me it's Mother's Day, so I'm going to order flowers right now. But anyways, um, this message is just as much for you as it is for our mothers. Because there is a lot in the sermon today that is applicable to all of us. And so um, I would encourage you to listen. I want to say this, though, specifically to moms. I, I know the challenge of 2020, and I said there's all these voices, and you guys have heard my testimony about all the voices in 2020. I know that you moms have a lot of voices speaking into your lives about how you should be a mom. Am I right? And that's even outside of the (laughs) mother-in-law. You have a hard job. And I've talked about this before, and every year before Mother's Day, I I do the research again, and I'm just blown away. There's this thing called mom shaming. You've probably heard it from me before, right? And really, it's a form of bullying. 
It's saying how you ought to be, how you ought to think, and how you ought to act as a mom. And there's so many levels to it. But when I think this mom shaming is sort of dying down, I'm always blown away at the idea that it's not only calmed down, but there's more fuel added to this fire. Like, do yourself a favor, but don't spend too much time in it. Look, look it up. I mean, moms, you have all kinds of voices telling you how to be a mom. And part of it is our society has played into that. There are more voices today than there's ever been on how to be a mom. And it used to be, you know, the mom shaming used to be homeschooling versus traditional public school, you know, or it might be private school versus public school, or it might be breastfeed or don't breastfeed, vaccinate or don't vaccinate. I mean, spank or, you know, time out. So, you know, all that kind of stuff. And if you didn't fit in that category, if you didn't do it just like every other mom in that group said, then there was a lot of guilt and shame. Am I correct on that? And being a mom is hard in and of itself, let alone hearing all these voices and then being made to feel like you're doing something wrong. So this is where I want us to go today. Let's stop listening to all those voices and listen to this voice. So here's just, this is just a practical sermon from me saying, here are some things that Pastor Rob thinks the Bible says about how to be a godly mom or a godly woman and vice versa, and also for men, how to be godly men. All right? So with all of that said, let's pray, and then we're just going to go for it. Fire hose, man. Fire hose. God, thank you for giving us another day that was not promised to us. Thank you for this incredible worship team today. Thank you for the purple seats and people being in them. I think about last Mother's Day. I think it was uh, myself and Pastor John and our wives in Easton passing out donuts in a drive-thru here. And, and yet, a year later, you have brought us through, and we are so grateful. God, I pray that as we delve into your words, that we are going to be so encouraged and so inspired and so challenged and so changed that we were glad we were here. God, do what only you could do through your Holy Spirit. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said... So a teacher asked a boy a question. Suppose your mother baked a pie and there was seven of you, your parents and five children. What part of the pie would you get? The boy quickly replied, a sixth. Well, I'm afraid you don't know your fractions, said the teacher. Remember, there are seven of you. Well, yes, teacher, said the boy, but you don't know my mother. My mother would say she didn't want any pie. Amen? That's mothers. How much sacrifice? How much putting yourself at the back that you've done? Let me say on behalf of all of us children, thank you. Thank you for your sacrifice. Which leads me to our very first point of today, how to be a godly mom, how to be a godly woman. First point is simply this, seek God first. Can you say that with me? Seek 
God first. And now you see how applicable this is for everybody. You don't have to just be a mom or a woman for this, but this is key to life right here. This is the nugget. This is, this is, this is essential. This is number one, seek God first. Where do you get that from? Well, open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, and I know many of you have an actual Bible, so that's the first book in the New Testament. Some of you have the, the Bible app called um, YouVersion. Uh, click on that, and uh, if you click on to events, then you'll see West Valley Christian Church, and it's got all of the points to today's message, and it's got all the verses right there. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says this, but seek first what? But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, and this is so important today, therefore do not what? Do not what, church? Let me hear you at home. Do not what? (laughs) All right. Do not worry. Oh, we could pause right there. How many of us that struggle with that? Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Each day has enough trouble of its own. But right here, Jesus says that we ought to seek first his kingdom. And it's interesting, if you were to continue reading and you look at the context in which he is sharing here, he's talking about a specific topic, and that's of worry. Not that any of us ever deal with worry, right? But this will be a good conversation for everybody else out there this week. You go, oh my gosh, pastor talked about this. Well, the only reason pastor talked about it is because Jesus talked about it. And Jesus says that, that we have got to stop feeding worry. And I think about uh, today being Mother's Day, and I don't say this as a negative, it's just true. Um, this, was, this was definitely my mom. Okay, and I love my mom. I miss my mom. Uh, she went on to be with the Lord. Uh, I was saying out on the lawn, I, I don't keep dates and tracks, so I, probably six to seven, eight years ago, I miss her. But my mom, with all of her strengths, this was her weakness. Oh my gosh. If there wasn't something that, was, that she, you know, I would say legitimately worry about, she made something up. Does anyone relate to that one? And, and, and here's the thing. I am very grateful for my mom, but, you know, she, she actually loved us too much. Like, my sister and I were her world. And so this is why she was constantly dealing with worry, all right? So we talked about this oftentimes. And so moms, just the way you're wired, the way that you're wired it, 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 as nurturers, you're, you're just going to fight this because you want the best for your children, amen? And that's not that dads don't, but we, for some reason, we don't, we don't worry as much because we're just clueless sometimes. <laughs> or sometimes we're not the, we don't have the DNA of the nurture part. I mean, we care, but not like a mom does. Can I hear an amen to that, guys? Come on, let's just own it. But, you know, uh, Aaron, who led worship today, uh, over here off to the side, uh, Aaron shared a story in, uh, out on the lawn today. I don't think he shared it uh, inside. I, I might have missed it. But he talked about how uh, there was a season in his life in his 20s where he didn't uh, maybe go to church as often as he should have. Any one of us relate to that, right? And, and so he talked about he, how grateful he was for his praying mother. And he talked about the fact that every Sunday his mom would pray for him, well, throughout the week, but she would leave a chair right next to her, hoping that he would show up. 
How amazing is it for our mothers to be praying mothers? How grateful are you for a praying mother today? Maybe you weren't at the time, but how grateful you are for a praying mother. Well, that fits in this category of seek God first. Seek God first. The most important thing that any of us could ever do in our life is to seek God. But the challenge is with all of these other voices and with technology, there's a lot of things lining up to want to speak into our life that want our time, that want to consume our thoughts, that want to consume what we do and how we are and what we say. And I am going to encourage you and myself to call a time out to all that stuff and listen to what God says we ought to be doing, thinking, and acting like. Amen? Seek God first. This is what, this is what Jesus said. This is the most important thing. And that's going to help you with the specific topic of worry right here, isn't it? He says, why, why are you worrying about all this what if stuff? What if? And think about it. It's like a hamster on one of those wheels. All we're doing when we're worrying is we're just spinning and spinning and exerting a bunch of energy that is wasteful. And it's driving us to things like, I used this word the other day with a couple. And they're like, wow, we haven't heard that one in a long time. But I don't know about you, but I hate these masks. Probably the closest to a controversial statement I made on these things, but it's true. I, I hate them. I don't know anyone that actually wakes up and goes, yeah, I get to put a mask on. But we were joking the other day. It's like, man, all of a sudden these uh, things start popping up on your face like zits. Remember that word? They're like zits. I haven't heard that word in forever. You know, pimples, zits, all that. You know what worrying does? It gives you zits. It gives you pimples. And you know what? That's the best thing it could give you because really what it does to our insides is it destroys us. You know, you got all kinds of diseases, and they're all traced back to worry. And worry is all about stuff that is never going to happen, but it does in our mind. And we stay up late at night, and we consume ourselves, and it takes us out, and it takes us in different directions, and it goes to extremes of of, of manic depression, and it goes to extremes of heart attacks. And and I don't want to get into all that, because those of you that are stressed and worried, I'm stressing and worrying you more. But the simple truth is this. We can take a deep breath and remember that we're not in charge of this life, but God is. He really is in charge of everything. So we would be well and smart to surrender, to take a breath and seek him. Can I hear an amen to that? Then you continue to read on in Matthew 6, 25. It says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food? I question that one a little bit, Jesus, because I'm really hungry right now. But, but is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. It was so cool preaching this sermon outside. The first, and you just, you just look around. Like, look. Look at the birds in the air. They're not worried, are they? They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father, he does what? He feeds them. Now listen to this. Listen. Jesus says, are you not more valuable than them? If he's taking care of the birds, what makes you think that he's not going to take care of you? 
So why are we so worried? Can any of you by worrying, oh, can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? Oh, I can. <laughs> no, you can't. Seek first his kingdom. Can life be hard? Can life be difficult? Can life be stressful? Yes. But remember, worrying has what? It has no value. Seek God instead of another YouTube video. You see the Dentons, we have babies every 13 years. <laughs> I shocked you. Shocked you last year when I said, we're on that same trace. I just... Just a little different, right? So we had, we had Drew. 13 years later, we have Easton. And then 13 years later, we have Taylor, our granddaughter. So I've watched, you know, how things are done. I'll tell you, having kids 13 different years apart, what was available when Drew was born compared to what was available when Easton was born was night and day. Like, the, it's crazy the amount of stuff that's out there that you could get. Well, let me even rephrase it because now with my granddaughter, I thought there was a lot with Easton. With my granddaughter, it is, it's crazy what's available. And you know what's even crazier is moms are being convinced that the kid needs all of that stuff in order to be healthy and alive and thriving. And I sit there as a grandparent and go, my great grandma gave birth in a cotton field and started working two hours later in there. She didn't have all this stuff. And I just wonder, I just wonder if we're so consumed with these YouTube videos and all this information on all topics in our life that we've pushed this book aside and given that priority. Seek God first. I'm not saying YouTube videos are wrong and the internet's awful and all. No, it's out there. But here's a, here's, a, here's a humbling question. Are you spending more time with that information than this information? Okay, next point. <laughs> Actually, Psalms chapter 9, verse 10. It says, those who know your name trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken You, Lord, have never forsaken those that, what? That seek you. Psalms 40, 16 says, But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who long for your saving help always say, The Lord is great. I know that all of us have a choice. I know all of us can listen to whatever voice we want to do. I know we can all come up here and give whatever information we think is important. But I want to simply tell you, I believe with all of my heart that this is the most important thing that you and I can hear is to seek God. And if we choose to seek God, he will never fail us, the scripture tells us. How are you and I doing with that? How am I doing with that? Which leads me to the second point. Speak faithfully. Speak faithfully. Words of God. Words of wisdom. Faith-filled words. You want to be a godly mom, a godly woman, a godly person? Speak faithfully. And I would simply say this. 
You can't, I don't think you and I could successfully do the second without doing the first. Like I wasn't born with a book on my ankle or I wasn't born programmed with having words of wisdom shooting and flowing from my mouth. How about you? Don't raise your hand because I've had conversations with, no, no, right? I mean, the truth is, Uh, There's many times situations come my way and I have nothing to say. Or there's situations that come my way and I have everything to say, but it's wrong. I want to say this with encouragement. That we, if we choose to speak faithfully, that is one of the best things that you and I could do, especially as a mother. And your wisdom is going to come from life, yes, but more importantly, from God's word. And if we spend more time in God's word than all the other stuff that is out there, we're going to be filled with a greater wisdom and knowledge than we could ever get from anything we could find on social media or from the press or from any talk show. Proverbs 31, 8 and 9 says this. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. Proverbs chapter 31, verse 26 says, She speaks with wisdom, and faithful instruction is on her what? She speaks with wisdom, and faithful instruction is on her tongue. Moms, wouldn't you love that to be said about yourself? We as children are listening. We may not seem like we're listening all the time, but mom's words matter. She speaks with wisdom, faithful instruction on her tongue. Proverbs 18, 21, I've said this often. The tongue has the power of what, church? The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. The tongue has the power of life and death. Moms, you can literally destroy your children with the words that come out of your mouth, or you can build up your children with the words that come out of your mouth. And I know some of us have, have been raised with amazing moms that have given a great example of how they've used their tongue in a life-giving way, but there are some that could give testimony right here on the stage where they had a mother that all they did was lash out out of them and shoot poison. I don't know what your experience is, but I know this, if we play victim, we stay victim. And I know this, that you and I have the power to change history from here on out in our family, family lineage. And so if we've had that positive, praise God, continue it, but if we've had the poison, then we need to recognize it and move on from it. And say that I'm going to be different. And as a mom, I'm going to be the one that lifts up and builds up. That's a little bit of my story. I've chosen not to know all the the stuff of my grandmother. And my grandmother, you know, 100% Italian born in Italy, you know. Have you ever been 100% Italian woman? They'd be strong. Sorry if you're in here and you're 100%, but that's just the truth. And uh, we had a lot of strong women in my family. And uh, the, tongue, the tongues were uh, very uh, filled with poison. And I know my mom had to work at uh, this in her life. And my mom was an encourager. If you knew my mom, you would, you would probably say the same. Um, my mom's words mattered in my life. How about you? I'll tell you this. When I decided to become a Christian at age 18, 
here at West Valley Christian Church, having denied Christ for 18 years by not saying yes to him. After a horrific car accident, and you, some of you know the story, I, I, I said yes to him April 26, 1988. I gave my life to Christ. I remember going to my mom that week and saying, Mom, I'm going to get baptized. And I'm thinking Mom's going to be fired up, excited. She was fired up, but she wasn't excited. She's like, how dare you? What did Pastor Glenn teach you? <laughs> she knew Pastor Glenn. She was ready to go get him. And uh, you've already been baptized in the Catholic Church, your dad and I, when you were a baby and this and that. And I was like, God gave me the words. I said, Mom, thank you for doing that. So I didn't discredit that. I said, what you and dad did was awesome. You dedicated me to the Lord. Thank you for doing that. But this is a decision I need to make as an adult. And I believe the Bible tells me this. Um, She still wasn't happy. (laughs) But you know, my mom uh, came to, uh, to grow in her faith. And my mom uh, lived in Santa Cruz uh, probably for the last 15 years of her life. And she would make that drive every Sunday night. And my mom would be right here in this row towards the back, loving up on her son, just smiling with pride, encouraging, and just being here. My mom uh, dealt with cancer for, I'm guessing, the last five to eight years of her life, um, breast, lung, and then everywhere. She would come and she would sit here and I'd be preaching and I'd see my mom get up and walk that way. And I know what's that way. That way is the prayer room or my office. And there were many Sundays where after service I would go in there and my mom was in so much pain. And she'd be laying on the couch in my office listening, but in so much pain because of the cancer. You don't think that mattered to me? You don't think her love and support meant the world to this guy? Moms, your presence and your words are so powerful. That's why I'm wearing a pink shirt today. Mom would want me to, mom always wanted me to dress up. Remember, you go to Journey and I'd be wearing flip flops and shorts and it killed her. So, mom, I did, I'm dressing up for you now. Our words are so valuable, aren't they? They're so powerful. How are you doing? How am I doing? I, um, I remember the last question, I, one of the last questions I asked her. I took her to an appointment, and they had just told her that the cancer had gone all over her body. And she, she just decided, she had fought and fought and fought, just because my sister and, asked, and I asked her to. She had fought and fought and fought, and this time she just looked at me and said, I can't do this anymore. And we were having this conversation. I just said, Mom, and this was during the time Pastor Kirby was knocking on my door every day. Not every day. That would be an exaggeration. Once a week. And, um, hey, take over as lead pastor. No, 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 no. So this is about two and a half years of me saying no out of the five. And I looked at my mom. I said, Mom, i got a really important question for you. I said, do you think I've got what it takes to take over at West Valley? And my mom could hardly talk at that point. And she looked at me and she did this. And she says, you got this. Words are so important, you guys, but words of our moms are times 10. Which leads me to the third um, characteristic thought. Show true beauty. Show true beauty. Proverbs 31.30 says, charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Amen? Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. 
You say, my, potential, my, my, uh, my thought is this, that we give too much attention and too, much, too many resources and too much money to the outer and not the inner. And some of you might go, well, Pastor, you're kind of being rude to the ladies out there. No, no, because I think part of the problem is us men. When, when's the last time we've seen a show that exalted a woman's inner beauty? When does Sports Illustrated have the inner beauty contest <laughs> and magazine? When have you and I as men ever, when's the last time we've, we've complimented a woman on their inner beauty? So I think some of us are part of the problem. And then, yeah, some ladies, they're just vain. I'm just going to call it out. There's a song about that. <laughs> Actually, there's a few. But here's my point. I love Proverbs 31. That's a Proverbs 31 woman. It just focuses on the inside beauty, not the external. First uh, Samuel 16 says it this way. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at what, my friends? I think we need to celebrate the heart of women. I think we need to celebrate the heart of women. And ladies, I want to give you permission. I want to give you permission to work on some of the, putting some of the resources towards your inside and less towards the outside. Now, does that mean that you shouldn't take care of yourself on the outside? Absolutely not. And if you do take care of yourself, pastor's not going, oh, shame on you. That's not, that's not the message, amen? But the message is value the inside more than the outside. And uh, I think you would be doing well. Um, I'm going to throw a, a, little, little, a little verse, and I'm going to run. Okay? I'm just going to drop it and run. Ready? <laughs> Proverbs 11:22. Like a gold ring in a pig's snout is a beautiful woman who shows no discretion. <laughs> I don't need to say anything, do I? All right. This leads me to the last point. Not the last one. The fourth. Stay humble. Stay humble. I appreciate this about my wife. My wife, uh, I believe, is a humble person. Now, if she got up here and said that, then she wouldn't be, right? But as a, her husband, I could say that. Uh, a lot of you don't even know my wife. Because if I put her up on here, I'm dead. Okay? But my wa- wife, for 30 plus years, has worked her tail off behind the scenes at this church. I, I could give you a list of stuff that my wife has done. The other thing about my wife, and I had to think this through a lot and make sure it's true, you're not going to hear my wife brag about my boys. She loves my boys. She is incredibly proud of them. But she will never be in a conversation where she's going to one-up you with your children. That's just not Lisa's nature. And I think that's sexy. Amen? Being humble is so important. And lastly, serve the Lord. Serve the Lord. John 12, 25 says, anyone who loves their life will lose it. While anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant will also be. My father will honor the one who what? My father will honor the one who serves me. Please hear my heart on this. Um, I'm going to give you uh, 
an example of three ladies. I could give you hundreds from our church. Literally, I could. But I'm going to give you an example of three ladies because I've known them all uh, when they were in late teens, while they were dating, when they got married, had children. And this is one that gets me in trouble. And saw all of them turn 50. <laughs> Tracy Cordell, who's probably up there, uh, not up there, but she's up there. <laughs> Christina Stahlberger and Lisa Denton. I've known all of them uh, since in the college ministry. We're all in our 18, 19 years old, and we've moved on. Those three women are incredible servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. You want to be a godly woman? Seek God with all your heart. Speak faithfully. Show true beauty, be humble, and serve the Lord. Did I give you something to chew on? I pray that you'll take one or two of those as men and women and move forward. In the name of Jesus, all God's people said. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at wvcch.org or you can join us live in one of our Sunday services. Have a great day.